What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, Joe Mixon, the most expensive running back on the DFS slate, at least in FanDuel, I assume in DraftKings. Why don't I know that? I should know that. Um, would you like to know that? Yeah, I would like to know that. The answer is yes. I told the you. most expensive guy on DraftKings. Very unprepared for today. I'm very self-conscious for today's show. I, I really shouldn't even be here. Jamie, take over. I'm, I'm out. You like your dishwasher? You're broken? My stupid... <laughs> Yes, stupid broken dishwasher, still broken, still not replaced. What a saga. Three deliveries, three failures uh, by the company that I ordered it from. Hopefully fourth time's a charm. I'll, I'll keep you all posted. Uh, anyway, Mixon might be someone you want to go to. It is not easy to find great running backs with a good matchup this week in DFS. We'll talk all about that. We got Ben Roethlisberger retiring. We got a head coach hiring. We got head coach rumors. We got Sean Payton stepping away. We got big, big stuff. We got a new game called Name That Tiger. Name that tiger. Okay. Um, and uh, as we talk wide receivers here, let's talk DFS. We'll start with a little DFS. Uh, who's someone that you love this week, Dave Richard? I like Tyler Higby on DraftKings. He's 3,700. And I'm lowering the guidance for, for all the players in, in DFS. There's only two games. So instead of looking for three times value, we're looking for two times value. And hopefully they do a little bit better than that. But the dude should be able to come through for nine, 10 PPR points without breaking much of a sweat. And I don't think the matchup is too terribly horrible for him. I know he's had one good game this year and one not-so-good game against uh, San Francisco. He might have had two good games, actually. I'd have to double-check Yeah, three touchdowns in the two games against him. I guess that qualifies as kind of good. So I, I think that he's an easy guy to go to when you're trying to save money to start as many studs at other positions. Yeah, actually, if you look at tight end, and Uzama's been very targeted lately. I think he has six or more targets and something like, Six of his last seven games, five of his last six games. Great so, playoffs so far. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. Two straight games. Higby's getting involved, and so all right. So there's that. Um, yeah, Higby at least eleven PPR points in each of two games against the Niners this year. So at least I knew that stuff. Uh, Jamie, how about you? Who do you love? Um, I'm still going to play a lot of Jarek McKinnon. You know, I I think you've seen what his role is in the passing game. Um, you know, we'll see if if Clyde Edwards-Helaire takes on a little bit more of uh, the workload. You know, now that he's you know, a full game removed from um, the uh, the shoulder injury, like Dave was removing his clothing. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes for, uh, <laughs> for, for McKinnon and Clyde. Uh, but in any event, you know, like you said, it's, it's not a great um, 
matchups for the running backs. And so if you're looking for, you, you know, some guys that are relatively uh, inexpensive to use, uh, McKinnon, I think, still qualifies. I did I did four lineups, two on each site, DraftKings and FanDuel, and I tried to, you know, use almost every player just to get, you know, some some variety with these guys. And so um, I, I have I have four different lineups that have all four quarterbacks and, and all the tight ends. And so a lot of different mixing and matching, but a lot of McKinnon based on his price. Yeah, keep going, Dave. Let's go. Get that shirt off. <laughs> I was so warm wearing my jacket, I had to take it off. You didn't hear what I said. No, I didn't hear anything you said. I said, I said uh, now that Clyde edwards Lair is two games, or will be two games removed from his shoulder injury, like Dave is removing his clothing. <laughs> it was perfect timing. Uh, all right, how about players? i to be comfortable if I'm doing the podcast now. So, yeah, full disclosure for me, I, I uh, have had a FanDuel lineup. It did not have a DraftKings lineup. I, I say, will. Full disclosure, not wearing pants. Yeah. Full, <laughs> we, removal, we that. Full, full removal for me. Um, so, yeah, that's why I didn't know the pricing. But I will by well, the end of the show. if you're not wearing pants, that means your wife's asleep again. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's awake. <laughs> okay, uh, so how about players to avoid? Jamie, who, who are you avoiding? Uh, well, like I said, I tried to get a little bit of um, of everybody, uh, you know, just just to have some exposure to all these players. But the ones that make me the most nervous, I mean, Beckham's two games against the 49ers are absolutely miserable. Um, you know, so we'll see how he does. He's he's clearly um, been so involved. Um, and he had, I think it was 10 targets in the second game against the, the 49ers, but just did not do anything with those 10 targets. Um, so he makes me nervous. Um, I think we're going to see, you know, Chase, uh, I, I was surprised he's not priced higher, but you know, he's not going to have the game that he had the last time against them clearly, uh, with over 200 yards receiving three touchdowns. So probably people are going to be chasing him. No pun intended. Um, I'm trying to think who else like makes me, you know, the most concerned. Um, nah, it's I hard. I mean, I mean, maybe, well, to me, it's like, you know, Eli Mitchell, Cam Akers, they have terrible matches. You know you're playing on Fanduel when you call him Eli Mitchell. Why? Because that's what they call him. Oh, well, the only place that he's ever called Eli Mitchell. No, it looks like on DraftKings he's Eli Mitchell. No, he's Elijah on DraftKings. I don't know. I'm, I'm hovering my mouse over his name and it says Eli Mitchell. I thought it was Elijah on DraftKings. Maybe you switched it. But no, Mitchell has a bad matchup. Like the Rams and the Niners run defenses are just exquisite. But he's had he's had good work and production against the 49ers. He just has not scored. Who Acres uh, no or Mitchell also, but. Wait, who are you talking about? Mitchell. So against, against the Rams, Williams, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I don't know if I want to if I want to start him in DraftKings. You know, he doesn't necessarily catch the ball. He's the second most expensive running back. So that that, that was what was concerning I me. Mean, that's why I felt like I kind of had to have Mixon because I just don't I don't love the running backs. I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do, and I don't love the matchups for Acres and Mitchell. So Mixon felt like even though he's running like crap lately, um, he's so involved in the passing game. Chiefs give up the third most. Receiving your or yeah, receiving yards to running backs. Uh, that was my read on running back. Dave, how about you? Who are you avoiding? At running back or just or just in general? I couldn't really find a lot of avoids except for maybe trying to get away from bad matchups at running back. That's why. I, I mean, I, I don't want to use Garoppolo. I know that there's going to be a temptation to try and go cheap at quarterback um, to try and spend elsewhere. But Garoppolo's just been playing so poorly, and this Rams defense has been playing so well. Uh, it really took Brady a while to finally get going against him last week. I think it's going to be hard for Garoppolo to do it. Garoppolo didn't even crack 20 fantasy points in each of the first two games that they played against each other. I think that he's just not worth it. 
And I, I disagree. I don't mind going. I'm just taking the chalk with running backs. I'm going with the studs. I'm going to put Mixon and Mitchell both in my lineup. I'm nervous about what to do with the Kansas City running backs. Don't really want to trust either one of them. For me, it's that they're just too expensive. Edwards Lair, 5,300 on DraftKings. McKinnon is 5,100. McKinnon was a much more appealing play when he wasn't so expensive. And now that he's the fourth most expensive running back, I just I can't take the chance on him. Yeah, he's the third most expensive running back on FanDuel. So there is a wild. When you say fourth wild, most, wild, there's two, there's two, there's two games. <laughs> yeah, but he's more expensive. But like Cam Akers is cheaper. You could pick right. any Rams running back, and he's cheaper if you really wanted. I mean, listen, you're taking a chance picking a Rams running back. I think you're taking just as much of a chance picking a Kansas City running back at this point. And is Daryl Williams definitely out? No, he practiced in full. Right. So who knows how that rotation's going to look? I would imagine it's probably the same. That makes me want to take Daryl Williams if he's going to play. He's 4,200, ninth most expensive running back. So cheaper it, than Daryl Henderson. Akers Jr. is coming off the two fumble game, obviously. That's a big deal. But does it make sense? You know what? We might. I was going to do DFS later. Might as well just do it now. Um, does it make sense to save money on at running back? And on FanDuel, Eli Mitchell is, is $800 more than Akers. On DraftKings, Mitchell is uh, nine hundred more. Nine hundred more. Okay. Yep. So does it? So who would you rather go with, Mitchell or Acres, given the savings? Mitchell. I don't think the savings are worth it. I, I again, it just depends on what you want to do. Like I, I, I did two DraftKings lineups where I have one with Mitchell and one with Acres. Okay. Are you guys worried about Acres losing his role? A little bit. I don't think he's losing his. His he's not losing his playing time. He's not. He's not gonna. He's not gonna sit. So they're not going to bench him from for for Sony Michelle. He may he may be in more of a timeshare in Sony Right, like he's not going to go from whatever percentage of snaps he played last week to zero. Maybe. Right, it's going to be they're going to give some other guys a chance. I don't know if Henderson's playing yet or not. I know that they ruled him out relatively early last week. Okay, so with that said, let's just go position by position here. We'll wrap up DFS. We'll give you some lineups. Then we'll get into the wide receivers. We'll play name that tiger. Um. And read your emails, by the way, fantasyfootballatcbsi.com. We have an Apple podcast question to read as well. At quarterback, uh, we'll start with DraftKings. Mahomes, 7,400. Burrow, 66. Stafford, 63. Garoppolo, 5,400. What's the best play there? Burrow? Yeah, that's what I was going to say was Burrow. I mean, I don't mind Mahomes either, but I feel like most people will gravitate toward Mahomes or Stafford. And Burrow's the one that's figuring to have the best game script and not a terrible matchup. I'm going to guess everybody's playing Burrow based on his price. He's the same. He, he's right in the middle there, though. Like, if you look at Mahomes, he's obviously more. He's 800 more. Burrow's 300 more than Stafford. Right, but Burrow just lit up this Chiefs defense two weeks ago. So uh, Okay, well, then if that's the... If 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 we had an inclination that that was going to be the case, then I would pivot to Stafford easily. To get the less owned player. Yeah, right. Right. They're basically the same price. There's a difference of 300 bucks. If I, want, if I, I was going to guess the, the roster percentage, it'd probably be Burrow 1, Stafford 2, Mahomes 3, Garoppolo a distant 4. Right. They're same price. Uh, Burrow and Stafford, same price on FanDuel. So who would you go with? Uh, I mean, just in a vacuum, Burrow. Burrow. Right. Yeah. There'll okay. be, be more exposure to Burrow. Okay. Running back. Did you feel like you had to have Mixon? I, I want to put, Mixon is averaging three point three yards per carry in his last eight games. He is, I, mean, I don't know, uh, is it set? Yeah, eight games, and he has seven straight games with forty six to sixty five rushing yards. 
but he also has four straight games with four to seven catches, so that helps. Chiefs give up a ton of catches, ton of receiving yards. Um, yeah, I, I uh, did you feel like you had to have Mixon? He is the most expensive, or could you go with Acres and Mitchell or Acres and McKinnon or whatever? I use I use Mixon in both my FanDuel lineups. I did not use Mixon in any DraftKings lineup. Why? Uh, uh, just because price. Okay. I'm I'm essentially punting running backs on DraftKings, and I don't think it's you know that much of a priority, uh, given what the the options are and the price. Uh, I have one lineup with Mitchell just because I think he's the second best running back this weekend. Um, I, I would prefer more just pass catchers, and so I'm using McKinnon in both both my DraftKings lineups that I built so far, just because I think he'll still have his role in the passing game. Okay, um, Dave, you yes. you want you said you want to get the chalk at running back. If Williams plays, if Daryl Williams plays, I'm going to use him. And I'll probably peel off of Mixon. And then I've got a ton more to spend at other positions, which is groovy. Okay. Um, wide receiver. Cup and Samuel are the most expensive. Tyreek Hill, follow, and then Jam- is it Chase Hill? Sorry. It's, no, it's, it's Cup, Debo, Hill, Chase. Those are your top four on DraftKings. At wide receiver on FanDuel, it's Cup, Debo, Hill, Chase. So, um, why, why shouldn't we play Jamar Chase, who had 266 yards and three touchdowns against the Chiefs a few weeks ago? He's got four straight 100-yard games if you remove the uh, 9% of the snaps that he played in Week 18. And the Chiefs, actually, like they're, they're not bad against outside receivers typically, but they were against Chase, and they've also now given up a 200-yard, three-to-four-touchdown game to two wide receivers in their last, <laughs> what, four games? Yeah, right. So this is what I always said about the Chiefs. It's like their defense is playing so well. They haven't played anyone. Let's see what happens when they play good offenses. When they play good offenses, they wilt. So I don't know how I don't play Jamar Chase if he's the number if he's the fourth most expensive wide receiver. And then Higgins, by the way, is the fifth most expensive wide receiver. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the two Bengals guys, they're begging you to play him. Right. And so, you know, it's just a matter of, again, how many, you know, how, how much exposure do you want to probably the most popular play? And so it's just a matter of, you know, you, you almost have to either go that route and say, I'm going to just play the chalk and, and take my chances with other players or completely avoid it. So, I mean, Chase is, to me, is, is probably going to be in, the most rostered player on both sites this week. Where do you think Debo comes out on that? I mean, his price is so high, but he beat them up. You know, so twice, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, do you do you want to spend the money on it? Hopefully he's 100 percent. You know, they say he's going to be fine. So, um, yeah, I, I would imagine he's these are the players you want. You want to have Cup. You want to have Sammy. You want to have Chase. You want to have Tyree kill. You know, so if you could find a way to get two or more of those guys in your lineup and then Higgins, you know, his, his price is also, you know, to me, Higgins is kind of the cutoff because then you're dealing with, you know, Beckham and. And some of the the other random guys, you know, I, I still think Beckham is worth using, but he just has, has struggled. Uh, but you get into the uh, Tyler Boyd, Byron Pringle, you know, group, mm-hmm. and Jefferson group, um, you know, and it's not exactly the most comforting. Brandon Ayuk, you know, he didn't have some great games against the the Rams either. So it's um, it's just a matter of what you trust. Debo had 29 PPR points in each of two games against the Rams. Wow. At his at his price this week, if he gets you 29, that's four times value. At seventy two hundred, Debo's in my lineup. Okay, goes without saying. And I, I, you know, Jamie brought up Pringle, Boyd, Jefferson, and I'll throw Jawan Jennings in there too. These are the dart throw receivers. Where if you're trying to save some extra money so that you can spend up at other receiver positions or at running back or a quarterback, you can pick one of these guys. I kind of like Pringle. I know he's yeah, I have Pringle in several four. Right, forty three hundred. 
um, he, he's just been playing a lot. He's basically the number two receiver now. Well, I guess you have to call him the number three receiver because Kelsey and Tyreek are one in A and one B. But he's been playing a lot. Should get some good opportunities against Cincinnati. And I just I wonder if that Bengals defense is running out of gas here down the stretch. Uh, how do you feel about Brandon Ayuk? He's more expensive than the guys you were mentioning, but he's not expensive. And uh, he's coming off, I think, a one-target game, but that was with Garoppolo in bad weather, throwing 19 times. So, um, you know, usually he's in the six, seven-target range, something like that. Uh, how do you feel about Ayuk this week? I, I, I don't feel like he's going to be very popular. No, not at all. And so, if again, these, these are the type of players that if they hit, you're going to be successful. So, you know, Boyd is people are going to be scared off Boyd because of what happened last week, too. Um, you know, uh, Van Jefferson, Michael Hardman. You know, these are the type of players that if you're looking at building your lineups the right way, they're going to come through for you if they hit. So you have to take some chances on these guys. And hopefully Ayuk is more involved in better weather. Um, but, you know, it's kind of you have to play out the game in your head. OK, do the 49ers throw more than 19 times? You know, are they going to be playing with the lead if they're if their run game is going? And so I, I would I would probably put you know I think the 49ers win the game so I, I think you know Garoppolo probably in the in the 25 pass passing uh, pass attempts range so okay let's go to tight end really here sorry tight end um, does it make sense to get Kelsey like, who's the best value Pigby Pigby I can't I on Fanduel Kittle is only three hundred dollars more than Higby you know I I, I kind of feel like. On DraftKings, Kittle's thirteen hundred more than Higby. Right, so on that's fan, an easy. Maybe Higby's gonna be better than Kittle. I mean, Kittle's been cold, but yeah, but I can't turn if, him down. If he catches that pass that he dropped, it's a different conversation right now. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, got an eighty-yard game last week. He had four for sixty-three on six targets. He he has been cold. I get it, but um, I have a hard time getting him out of my lineup at his price, at least on Fanduel, where he's basically the same as Uzama and Higby. Would you agree with that, or no? Or like, like, who would you if you were just doing tight end rankings this week? No price. What are your rankings? Well, I mean, I did, I did it. So okay. it's uh, it's Kelsey Kittle, Higby, Uzama. Right. So you should probably, probably go, go with Higby. You could probably go with Kittle on Fanduel since he's basically right the same and race. Higby on DraftKings. Okay. And uh, all right, how about a DST? I just played uh, the the cheapest ones. Uh, that I thought would be successful. So the 49ers, I think they're begging you to take. Um, and then I just, you know, the Bengals and a couple lineups. I, I can't bring myself to use the Bengals on DraftKings when the Niners are 200 more. Yeah. It's basically what I did was FanDuel's Bengals and, and uh, DraftKings with Niners. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could bring myself to use the Bengals, period. Just I think the Chiefs going up against the Chiefs, right? Right. The Chiefs are thirty seven hundred on Fanduel. The Bengals are thirty two hundred. The Rams forty five. The the Forty Niners forty two hundred. So the Chiefs are the second least expensive on right. Fanduel. Uh, on DraftKings, if you use the Forty ers and then you're done sending your lineup and you still have four hundred left over, you can move up to the Rams. Uh, yeah, you could have a loaded lineup without really sacrificing a DST. I think. Um, it, well, I mean, I have Clyde Edwards either in my lineup, but it's pretty loaded. <laughs> Other than that, on Fanduel, uh, I with, put him on with the Rams, too. yeah, with the Rams DST. I mean, the Bengals do not have a good run defense, so there's no reason why he can't have a 60-yard game and hope maybe a touchdown, something like that. Uh, but obviously, it's a little bit wishful thinking with Clyde. What did he have last week? He had seven carries seven. for 60 yards and one catch. 
Okay, uh, let's give some lineups then. Uh, Jamie, give me your favorite lineup. Give me your favorite FanDuel lineup and your favorite DraftKings lineup. Go with FanDuel first. Sure. Uh, oh, FanDuel first? Um, or whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, I'll do my favorite DraftKings lineup first. So it's Burrow at quarterback, McKinnon and Akers at running back, uh, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase at receiver, mm-hmm. uh, Uzama at tight end, Tyler Boyd at the flex, and Niners uh, defense, DST. So a uh, Bengals stack there with Burrow, uh, Burrow, Chase, Uzama, and Boyd. Okay, Dave? I've got Burrow and Chase as my stack as well on DraftKings, but I'm different everywhere else. Mixon and Mitchell at running back. I have Debo, too. Um, Debo, I just can't live without in in daily this week. Juwan Jennings is my cheap dart throw at wide receiver. Kelsey at tight end. Higby is the flex. Had to get him in there at that cheap price, and I had enough left over to use the Rams' defense. My DraftKings lineup is four Bengals. Bengals heavy. Come on. Let's go, DraftKings. Bring up this lineup, please. Burrow... Chase Higgins and Mixon, Cam Akers, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Higby, and George Kittle, and the 49ers DST. But I have 700 remaining, so I could go to a different DST. Um, but uh, yeah, Burrow, Mixon, Akers, Higgins, Chase, Tyreek Hill, like three of the five best wide receivers, plus Higby and Kittle and the Niners. Uh, FanDuel, I'll just, it's pretty similar for me. It's Burrow, Mixon, Chase Higgins. That's the staple of my two lineups. Burrow, Mixon, Chase Higgins. Um, I have Clyde Edwards, Elair at running back. I have Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver. Oh, you know what? These lineups are almost exactly the same now that I'm seeing them. (laughs) So it's Burrow, Mixon, Higgins, and Chase. It's Kittle at tight end. I also have Tyreek Hill in both lineups. I have Clyde Edwards, Elair on FanDuel. I have Cam Akers on DraftKings. My... Flex is Brandon Ayuk on FanDuel and Tyler Higby on DraftKings. I have the Rams on FanDuel and I have the Niners on DraftKings. Okay. Uh, Dave, FanDuel lineup or do you not have one? I do not have one. Jamie, FanDuel lineup? Uh, You want the Niners stack or the Rams stack? Oh, the Niners stack. All right. Jimmy D at quarterback. Uh, Mixon and Akers at running back. All right. Uh, Cup, Debo, and, and Byron Pringle. George Kittle. T. Higgins, and the Bengals DST. And by the way, here we got Sia Najad watching. He is on our Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. Says Bengals heavy for the win. I hope that wasn't supposed to be WTF. That was not That was not a typo. He says FTW. Bengals heavy FTW. That's our, that's our DFS expert, Sia Najad. And thank you for uh, for weighing in there. Appreciate that. All right, guys. So do we oh, all, yeah. we, we're all kind of feeling the Bengals stack, huh? Including Sia? Yeah, it seems that way. So maybe James. There's not was a lot right of ways to go. So I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I you got you got to kind of just you know buy into one side and feel how how it's going to play itself out. Yeah. All right. So who's going to win? What's our Super Bowl? Uh, repeat of Miami, Chiefs 49. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I really still haven't decided on the NFC side. Uh, I'll use the Rams as a placeholder for now. I think I yeah Chiefs and. Rams, I'm rooting for the Niners, and I guess the Bengals. I don't really care, I guess, but uh, I, I just have this affinity for the Niners. I don't know how they're going to win. The Rams are playing really well. Well, well, the same way they won the last six against the Rams. I I know, but man, the Rams are playing so well, and now they're not allowing people from outside the Los Angeles area to buy tickets. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, that was like a 24-hour thing. Okay. 
Uh, they look they look really good right now. But the Niners should not be messed with. Trent Williams is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. If they can't if they can't uh, use him. All yeah. right, I I'm gonna go with the Rams against my heart. But I did that last week with the Packers and it didn't serve me well. It's a better game if it's Rams Chiefs. I mean that's the one from an eyeball test you'd like to see because clearly it's more of a high scoring affair. The 49ers are not going to get to that point total that the Rams will get to. I don't want another team to host the Super Bowl. I don't know if that matters to you at all. I don't know. I just think tickets kind of cheap. <laughs> well, someone's in line for it every well, year. Well, this one will actually have, you know, a, a full stadium. What, what's that? This one will have a full stadium. I mean, last year's stadium was, wasn't full. So I don't remember that. It wasn't full? No. I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to make my favorite prop bet right now. I think you guys are going to prove. Uh... We're going receiving prop. We're going Joe Mixon. And over <laughs> 27 and a half. Uh, they, I don't understand why that's not higher. I mean, that, that was one of the easiest props to play last week. Um, by the way, I'll have all the uh, all my lineups written up on the site with uh, a bunch of props as well. So I crushed props last week. It was fun. Um, it, was, uh, it was a fun weekend. Um but yeah, I don't, the the Mixon receiving prop. I mean, he's been so involved in the passing game the last month. And yeah, and the Chiefs are just a great matchup for that. Last week I played Aaron Jones over and Leonard Fournette over, and I mean Aaron Jones cleared up by like a hundred. And uh, yeah, I mean I think I don't know maybe a little bit market inefficiency here. I don't know what the hell it's called, but <laughs> over receiving yards for these running backs that are involved in the passing game. Uh, I should have promoted this a while ago, but Ben Schrager's not here, so. Don't tell him I messed this up. But next week, we have uh, Monday game recaps. Tuesday, we have tight end strategy and reflections. Thursday, we have some 2022 projections and rankings. We're going to do your news and notes, uh, and then we will get into wide receivers after that. Ben Roethlisberger retired. Not a huge surprise. We've been preparing for that. But let's talk about the coaches. Denver hiring Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. Let the Aaron Rodgers rumors begin. Yes. Fun stuff here. Uh, Sean Payton stepping away for at least one season. You saw, the, you saw the report about Adams and Rodgers going to Denver together, right? I did not see that report. Yeah. So that's a strong rumor that if Rodgers gets traded there, that uh, Devontae Adams will look to sign there if he's not getting the franchise tag. So, Which means the Packers will franchise him and try and get a pick, an extra pick out of Denver for him. Uh, potentially, um, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the uh, the potential trade package that I saw for Rodgers will include Jerry Judy going to Green Bay. Oh. So what do you think of Hackett, of Hackett just going to the Broncos, Dave? Think he can hack it? Uh, uh, um, I think it's it'll be better if they have a good quarterback solution, obviously. I don't know if Hackett is going to be you know, some whiz kid head coach like we've seen from other guys around the league. I know he's you know he's been under a lot of trees. He was originally a Doug Marone protege when they were working together at Syracuse. The fun story that I remember from that year was that they scrapped their entire offense at the start of their training season. So like a month before the season starts, they scrapped and rebuilt their entire offense in Syracuse, and it worked really well for them, so much so that Marone got the job in Buffalo and took Hackett with them. So I, I think that he can be innovative and clever, but I don't know how good it'll do Denver if they've got mediocre quarterback play. 
All right, well. Imagine that division if he goes there. Rodgers goes if Roger, there. Oh, my God. I've thought of it. Justin right. Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and let's, you know, give Derek Carr some credit. But still. Um, it's still, come on. That's, the Raiders uh, would be. That's just murderer's row right there. Um, it would, like, if I'm Rodgers and I'm looking at it and you see what this AFC looks like compared to what the NFC looks like in terms of what the quarterback play is, yes. you know, at least for next season, but who knows for the next couple of years, why would you want to leave Green Bay? You know, it's know. Just, you have to go through Mahomes, Josh Allen, and, you know, for whatever it's worth, you know, Burrow and, and Herbert and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, He's a competitor, man. Well, obviously. Bring it on. But, but again, the path to the Super Bowl, not that it's helped him very much, but the path to the Super Bowl is certainly much easier in the NFC just from a quarterback play. Uh, but if he leaves, if Rodgers leaves and Brady retires, I mean, think about it now. The, the, yeah. the opportunity for Stafford, potentially. Daniel you know, Jones. If, Huh? Daniel oh, Jones. stop. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Uh, no, but, you know, it, it could play into Russell Wilson's decision. You mm-hmm. know, if you're looking at it like, why would you want to leave, you know, unless you're going to another NFC team? Yeah. Um, stay in Seattle and, and have an easier path to the Super Bowl. Uh, Stafford's path to the Super Bowl, much easier. You know, now Deshaun Watson could change that if he goes to an NFC team. Obviously, he stays in the NFC. But, you know, Dak Prescott and, and Matthew Stafford and, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, hopefully he gets things worked out and, uh, and Russell Wilson, you know, those those are the best quarterbacks right now in the NFC. Sean Payton stepping away. So what do you guys make of this, Dave? I, I understand I why that question when he took Alvin Kamara the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, we talked about this. Yeah. It's obviously going to change how things work in New Orleans because Payton was really a good offensive schemer. He was helped along by having Drew Brees as his quarterback, of course. But he was really – like I almost think that one of the best things that Sean Payton – did was find under the radar talent. And you think about Colston, you think about Pierre Thomas, Lance Moore. Um, you could even look at other guys this year. I'm, I'm probably blanking on some of those guys this year that really stepped up who came out of nowhere. He's really good at that. And then he's good at using them in his offense, whether it's a, you know, a small role like little Jordan Humphrey or Marquez Callaway. That's who I was thinking of where these guys just are, you know, finds off the street and he, he puts them in good position to make plays, and he does it on both sides of the ball. No one knew who uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was until he went to New Orleans, really. Um, I I think it's definitely going to impact New Orleans there, and I'm worried about what the offense will be like. Are they scrapping the whole thing? Are they going to try and keep the playbook as it is? And same thing with Denver. Who's the quarterback going to be? Because they've got Taysom Hill right now. Jameis is a free agent. Do they try and upgrade? Do they try and make a big splash trade? Uh, to get someone like Deshaun Watson, or do they chase Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like that? They can't afford it. I don't think they can. They're they're they are the most salary cap strapped team in the NFL, uh, and like the Packers, they're going to have to basically blow up one side of the football in order to get back to square one with the salary cap. It's going to so be a, it, it here, could be a really rough year. Here's what you need to do as a dynasty manager: you need to be selling Alvin Kamara now because there's a very good chance that he gets traded. Um, he's, he's their most tradable asset on offense. You know, you look at this, uh, defense, Hold on. uh, there's so many older players. Um, Marcus why would you Williams trade him? Probably, why would you sell him if he's going to get traded? Wouldn't it be a good thing? Well, you don't know where he's going. I mean, you know, he could be going to a situation that's clearly worse, um, from where he's been, you know, in terms of, in terms of his value with the saints. So I, I'm, he's still at a, at, at a very high level that I think, you know, you're getting good capital in return for him. If he gets traded to a worse situation before the trade happens, you could be in trouble, you know, so, um, and, and there's no guarantee he does get traded. You know I mean? He may be the, the one thing that they decide to build okay. around from an offensive standpoint. 
Uh, Michael Thomas, you should be selling because, you know, he, he's he's not at the height of what he has been. But um, if this quarterback situation stays the same in a worse offense, uh, then it could be even worse for him. So he's probably somebody that you could uh, you could still get something good and good value in return for. But I'd be selling those two guys right now. They can trade Camara if he's designated a post June 1st trade. They can save 11 million bucks on the salary cap. But I don't know if that's kosher uh in the wheelings and dealings of front offices uh to get under the cap by the time the the year starts they'll save a lot less if they trade them when the league year starts in march and i gotta look up michael thomas i wonder if thomas is the one to go and buy because if he gets traded theoretically he'll go to a team where he can be the number one receiver there that's a good point and like you're basically betting on him being in a better spot than what he would be in in new orleans with Taysom slash Jameis question mark slash whoever and a new offense there. So I, I got to double check his cap situation. All right. If they trade him, they only save 2 million bucks. I bet they're not trading him. He's a, he's a $22.7 million cap hit one way or the other. So I bet they keep him. So scrap what I just said, unless they figure out a way to restructure his deal before they trade him, which is always possible. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, as it stands now, maybe he's not such a great buy low candidate. Because I think there are some questions contract. about him in the in the building there, so he might be somebody that they're looking to get rid of. Right. So then again, they could restructure his deal. It's not so bad against their cap. He does them a favor by restructuring, and then they trade him away. Yeah, this, then, this this team is is really in a bad spot. Yeah, it's no good. All right, uh, so some more news here. Brian Dayball, the favorite to be the Miami head coach, according to the Daily News, New York Daily News. That's interesting. Yeah, San Francisco left tackle Trent Williams mispracticed. Tyron well, Matthew. Like what they said about Daniel Jones yesterday? Who cares? Uh, I mean, they stood by. I him like because they're self aware of what that they know they've screwed him up for the first three years of his career. <laughs> they screwed him up. It's not all. It's not all the other people's faults. He's not. He hasn't played well. I mean, he hasn't had a good situation. Why? Their offensive line right. stinks. Exactly. But, but uh, he hasn't played well. Um, Tyron Matthews still in the concussion protocol. Now, at one point, uh, the Chiefs were without three cornerbacks last week. Fenton practiced in full, so he'll be back. He missed the game last week. I didn't see an update on Traverius Ward, but they could be missing two. Didn't Ward come back in the game? Did he? I thought he did. Okay. Well, then let's just say it's Matthew in the concussion protocol, and, and otherwise they're good. Uh, Philadelphia right guard Brandon Brooks is retiring. He was a, a true stud, but he's only played two games in the last two seasons. And Rob Gronkowski said that if he had to decide right now, he would probably retire, but that could change. He needs some time to think about it. Got Full practice for Ward on Wednesday. All right. So the Chiefs are pretty healthy, except for Tyron Matthew, which is obviously a big deal. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to look back at wide receiver, tell you the lessons that we learned, and look ahead with a sleeper, a breakout, and a bust at the wide receiver position uh, when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It is time for a brand new game. Yeah. Name that tiger. I'm going to ask you a very simple question, and you have to tell me. Justin Jefferson? Or Jamar Chase? 
All right. <laughs> That's it. No Russell Gage in here. That's just Jefferson or Chase. Um, here's how we'll do it. Jamie will go first on the first one. Dave will go first on the second one. You will keep alternating, and I will keep a tally of who got it right. All right, here we go. Name that tiger. Who scored more half PPR fantasy points, Jamie than Dave? Of those two? Yeah. Um, Chase. Jefferson. More touchdown catches. Dave? Chase. Jefferson. <laughs> uh, more red zone targets. Jamie? Jefferson. Jefferson. More rushing yards. Dave? Chase? Um, Chase. Uh, who weighs more, according to Pro Football Reference? <laughs> Chase. Jefferson. Uh, who has more? Who had more catches last year, Jay, uh, Dave? Jefferson. Last year being twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Sorry, twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> Jefferson. Jefferson. Okay. Uh, and who had more catches as a rookie? Who had more catches in his rookie season, Jamie? Jefferson. I'll say Chase. According to Wikipedia, who was the first NFL player to be added to Fortnite with his dance "Get Gritty"? Dave. Jefferson. Jefferson. Okay. More half PPR fantasy points. It was Jefferson. Dave gets the win there. No, uh, I do. No, oh, you no, said yeah, Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more touchdown catches. It was Chase. Dave gets the win there. More red zone targets. You both got it. It was Jefferson. More rushing yards. You both got it. It was Chase. Four to two, Dave. Who weighs more? Is Chase, according to Pro Football Reference, by five pounds. Jamie, you got that. It's four to three. More catches. It was Jefferson. You both got it. More catches in his rookie season. It was Jefferson. Jamie got it. And that that means we tied because you both got it right on the last one. Justin Jefferson is the first player to be added to Fortnite with his dance. Get gritty. Congratulations. You tied. And name that tiger. Wow. Yeah. Do we get Joe Burrow as a prize? Sure, sure. Why not? You have them in all your DFS lineups. All right, let's do some wide receiver observations. Dave, you said something very interesting on Fantasy Football Today in five. Would you like to repeat that factoid for us about wide receiver? Absolutely. The top 12 average in PPR leagues in 2020 was 17.3 points per game, meaning you take the top 12 overall point getters. It's not a per-game basis. You average them down to a per-game basis, 17.3. That constitutes a great game for a wide receiver from that season. Do the exact same thing for 2021, and that number is 17.3. The exact same number year over year. In fact, the number for top 12 in full PPR, half PPR, none PPR, exactly the same across the board, 14.4 in half PPR, 11.5 in non-PPR. Jamie, what stood out to you? That's pretty amazing, by the way. It's crazy. <laughs> what stood out to you, a wide receiver, Jamie? Um, that there were a lot of busts based on the ADP for uh, our site compared to where they finished. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Allen Robinson, he was a top 12 receiver based on ADP bust. Um, Terry McLaurin was a bust. DeAndre Hopkins was a bust. You know, so some of that's injury-related, clearly. Uh, quarterback, you know, related injuries. Uh, but that's, you know, just looking at points per game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not a top 12 receiver points per game. Um, and McLaurin and, uh, and Robinson flopped. A.J. Brown, same thing. He also was a, was a bust based on his 
average draft position compared to his point-per-game finish? Well, I'll tell you what stood out to me, man. Each of the top three wide receivers in non-PPR, that would be Cup, Debo, and Chase, and three of the top five wide receivers in full PPR, same three, they just didn't finish top three in full PPR, they were all drafted outside the top 45. That's in Fantasy Pro's ADP. Cup was 46th. That is, I went back 10 years. That's the only time that's happened in at least the last 10 years where three of the top five in full PPR were drafted outside the top 45. And furthermore, Chase and Debo Samuel were drafted outside the top 70. The last time I could find a wide receiver who was drafted outside the top 70 and finished top five in PPR was Josh Gordon. I think that was 2013. Yikes. It just, it really never happens. And it happened twice this year. And Debo is such a strange case because of his rushing totals. I mean, if you took away his rushing totals, he would have been uh, ninth in non PPR and 11th in full PPR. But if you took away his rushing totals, he would have been more involved in the passing game. I mean, that, that's kind of what happened. They stopped giving him, the, they stopped throwing him the ball. They started handing him the ball off to him. But anyway, I just thought that was really interesting, guys. And also, Cup being the number one wide receiver being drafted 46th overall, that range of wide receiver, 39th through 51st, what I found, seven of the last 10 seasons, we've had at least one top five wide receiver drafted 39th through 51st, Dave. So as you said yesterday, running back dead zone, pivot to wide receiver, Mm -hmm. and there's top five upside there. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought, I guess I said everything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did want to, get, want to get your thoughts about this. Looking at the last six seasons and the top 12 in PPR, so 72 wide receivers, 61% of them were on top 12 offenses. 49% were on top eight offenses. And only 15% of wide receivers who have finished top 12 in PPR last six years only 15%, it's 11 of them, were ranked were on offenses that were 20th or worse in scoring. So, Jamie, what does what all that, if anything, you know, mean to you? Not much. I mean, you know, I, I think you, you obviously want to attach yourself to a good quarterback. You know, I think that's a big part of it, you know, having somebody that's going to, you know, feature your number one receiver. You know, that's the type of receiver that you want on your fantasy team. Um but I don't think it matters if your offense is that great. You know, I mean, it certainly helps because your quarterback's going to be better. But I don't think it's something you have to necessarily say, I have to have a top five or top ten offense to get a great wide receiver performance out of it because there are other factors that go into it. You know, how good is the run game? How many other receivers on the team are producing? Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, I need the best offense to have the best wide receiver or consistently have the best offense to have the best wide receiver. I don't want to make it that you have to have the best offense because it's only half of the top 12 wide receivers in the last six seasons have been on top eight offenses, 61% have been on top 12 offenses. I think the, the bigger thing to me is that it's rare to get a guy on a bad offense. Um, you know, like, like for example, you had, a, you had a top 12 in full PPR offense produce, uh, had, I'm sorry, you had a top 12 wide receiver on the Steelers and the Dolphins. And they were 21, 23 in scoring, something like that. Uh, I think, you know, you get, it's risky when you start looking at teams that might just have terrible offenses. Uh, but and it's even riskier in non PPR and half PPR because you're not going to get the Jalen Waddle catch yeah, the catch boost a thon, with the receptions right or the Hunter Renfro boost with receptions. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe there just aren't that many 
receivers that we take that high that are on bad offenses anyway. But is that something we should be considering? Is that something that we should be considering in the middle round? I don't think anybody's drafting somebody going, drafting anybody from these offenses that you know are going to be bad. Like, you know, we had this Kenny Galladay conversation the other day about nobody's drafting Kenny Galladay with the expectations he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. You're drafting him with the expectation that he's going to be maybe a top 36 wide receiver or hopefully a top 24 guy. Okay, so then so then let me let me phrase it differently then. What if you're talking about mid-round picks that you're looking for breakout potential? And maybe you took DJ Moore over Cooper Cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. the, the lesson is when you're looking at the, the, the next tier, the next group, the rounds four through six, we know a lot of wide receivers are going to come off the board there. Is that where we should be focusing on offenses and and trying to attach ourselves to the to the high scoring yes, that, that's the more ap- uh, appropriate way to I, I think frame this conversation of where where does the breakouts lie the breakouts are going to lie more with good offenses so you know th- that that goes without saying you know so they're going to have some obvious you know flaws in that you know and, and the flip side of cooper cup was robert woods who had you know a few good games but obviously wasn't consistent and certainly did not live up to the expectations that we put on him going into the season so you know, I think when you get into it, like, you know, just looking at uh, do, you, do you want the ADP from CBS last year and see how those guys performed, you know, in, in relation to their offenses? Because it, it's probably pretty telling. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. So Adams was one. Tyree Kill was two. You know what those guys are capable of with their offenses. Stephon Diggs was three. Hopkins was four. You know, and we, we know what happened to him, you know, with injuries to himself, to his quarterback and then just spreading the ball around. Ridley's a different conversation. He was five. Metcalf six, Jefferson seven, Keenan Allen eight, AJ Brown nine, Terry McLaurin ten, Allen Robinson eleven, Bam. Robert Woods twelve. Right there, ten and eleven really stand out, right? McLaurin and Robinson. Right, but the the expectations were, you know, and I certainly was over the moon for Terry McLaurin was that his quarterback was going to pepper him with targets, you know. So even though the offense might not have been successful, that that was the case, and that was the case for Allen Robinson because that's what we've seen from him, you know, and so. You know, the, the red flags were there, you know, and, and I know, Adam, you were probably the loudest about that of, uh, you know, Justin Fields is probably not going to feature Allen Robinson to the same level because he's mo- he's mobile and he'll move a little bit. You know, and you were saying that a lot. And, and I don't think that was necessarily the reason why he he, he w- was a failure because most of his failures started with Andy Dalton. But it was just, you know, part of it. And then he got hurt and, and, and the COVID situation and wasn't able to uh, ever recover from, you know, the, the slow start and the struggles. And so. But it does lend itself to, you know, and even A.J. Brown. You know, I mean, that's probably a guy that you can you can say because they're not going to have a very prolific passing attack. Uh, but the hope, again, is that he fits the mold of, you know, 120 to 150 target type of guy and that he delivers those big numbers. But we had that conversation the other day that that might not be the case for A.J. Brown that you're banking on touchdowns for. Okay, so why don't we do, uh, why don't we look ahead to sleepers, breakouts, and busts, do some early prognostications. Uh, there is news. The Bears just uh, potentially hired their head coach. Oh. Who? Who's that? Can you guess? Ditka. <laughs> no, I, I really don't have a guess here. Dave? Just, I'll just say Flores, even though I don't think it's him. Uh, I would be surprised if it was Flores. Who was it that? Oh, no. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Flores because he and Poles have a relationship. I'll say Flores. It's not. It's Matt Eberflus. He's the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. Wow. Really? Yep. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've always felt like the Colts defense was pretty underrated. They had some really good talent there, but I, I honestly, I thought it it was all just 
thanks to two really great players in the front seven. Like the, they, the fact that they were as competitive as they were on defense last year was well, Kenny was Moore a good, good sign. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Kenny Moore definitely counts. He's a slot corner there too. So three really good players, and they got some good play out of Xavier Rhodes. So I'll take yeah, that back. Yeah. But, but I, I just I remember looking at their pass rush coming into this year and thinking, is this really going to be good enough? I, I just I don't know. And they stayed competitive even without a great pass rush. They'll have a better pass rush to work with in Chicago, obviously. It just uh, first off, he's got to hire the right offense coordinator. Clearly, that's the next step for our purposes. Uh, the 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 um, the chain of events for him just amazing. If you think about it, remember how he got his job. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels hired him when he was the uh, brief stint when he was the named the Colts coach, <laughs> and then they kept they kept him as the defensive coordinator, even though McDaniels backed out of the job, and now he's the head coach of the Chicago Bears. That's great. Good for him. Congratulations. And yes, that offensive coordinator hire will be what we react to as uh, we're hoping for a big breakout from from Justin Fields. So uh, let's go back to wide receivers. We'll finish there. Then we'll read your questions to end the show. So give me your favorite early sleeper, Dave. I told you uh, on FFT and five that it was Nico Collins because I just wanted to go crazy and give somebody like really low end on the sleeper chart. Um, I don't know. I think he could end up being a decent target hog there in Houston. The number two target getter showed some flashes toward the end of the year. He's a big receiver. It's a team that I still think is going to be chasing points a lot. And when we're talking, I know we just got to talking about how you want to get receivers that are matched with great quarterbacks and are in strong offenses. Well, not every receiver is like that. And when you're talking double digit rounds, you might take a shot on somebody that can at least be usable as a late round pick who maybe could be a bye week guy. Certainly it helps when they skew younger like Nico Collins is. Certainly it helps when they skew bigger like Nico Collins is. So I would say I, I've seen him go in like round 12 plus in our mock so far this year. I don't have a problem with it. Jamie, early sleeper? Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer. Give me all the Josh Palmer I can get. You know, uh, great quarterback, obviously. Uh, hopefully big opportunity in front of him if Mike Williams leaves. Not that they're going to do the same things, but just opportunity to get more targets and get more playing time. Uh, love the setup for him. I know they love him. And so, uh, you know, Josh Palmer, I think, is in a great spot. Uh, somebody I will be taking in almost every draft. Do you take him? Do you take him if Mike Williams stays? Uh, no, but I don't think Mike Williams stays. All right, let's do early breakout. Jamie. Uh, I'll go to Elijah Moore. Uh, he was drafted too soon in our mock drafts, um, you know, going in round four. But uh, like the setup for him, what we saw when he was healthy, think he has a big opportunity in front of him. If he's going in that range, then that, that's a little bit too high. But uh, round five or later is where I'll be looking for Elijah Moore, and I think he's got a big opportunity in front of him. <laughs> well, Dave, well, who else you got? Because I know. I mean, it's it's throw a rock and pick a second year receiver because Moore is certainly going to be a popular one, and I think Rashad Bateman will be a popular one. I want to see what the new Giants coaching staff does with Kadarius Tony because we saw that flash for two weeks in New York where he was just the sensational make you miss type of receiver, and if they work hard to get the ball into his hands he's going to greatly improve how that offense moves. So I, I, don't, I don't have a problem taking him. We've seen him go right around pick 100. I know it's not a great offense, but I do think that they will try and improve that offensive line. Coaching staff this year can't be worse than the coaching staff from the last two years, and Kadarius Tony could be a great find in PPR. And an early bust, Dave. I'll go with Hopkins. I, I love the guy, and he's such a stud when he does play, but I think he's slowing down a little bit. 
we haven't seen the Arizona offense progress to the next level. Obviously, they went backward toward the second half of this past season. A lot of that had to do with Hopkins not being there. But even when he was there, he wasn't dominating targets like he was before. So he he, he looks to me like a older, touchdown-dependent wide receiver. And I'm not going to take him in that you know 20 to 35-ish range on draft day. And Jamie? Uh, it's uh, contingent on what happens with the quarterback situation. But if Tom Brady leaves, Mike Evans will be a bust. Um, I just I, I can't I can't fathom a situation where he'll be he'll be drafted. Especially if Godwin's gone, he's going to get overdrafted because he'll be the number one guy there. And you know what we saw from him. But um, I'm just so nervous about what the quarterback play could be there. You know, if it's if it's Kyle Trask, <laughs> that that could be awful. Um, you know, we what if we it's Jameis? Kind of what huh? if it's Jameis? Yeah, I don't know if they'll go that route again. I, I don't know if they'll go back to that. Uh, would seem a little strange, but could certainly happen. But, you know, uh, that would be that would be good. So, you know, like I said, contingent on the quarterback situation, but Mike Evans' scenario without quality quarterback play makes me nervous based on what the expectations will be. I, gotta, I don't know if I said this on Monday's show, but he deserves a lot of credit because I dump on Mike Evans all the time for getting shut down by elite cornerbacks. And he's faced Darius Slay and Jalen Ramsey two weeks in a row. And he had two really big games, so good for him. I think part of that, though, is when he's by himself. Sure, sure, but at least, he, but he still did it, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, they, but you're right. For, they they couldn't just pivot away. To go away from him. Right. They couldn't just pivot away from from him right. this time. You're, I totally get that. Uh, but no, I was I was surprised, I guess, by the production, at least the first time. You guys want like, more breaking NFL news? Oh yeah. News? Yeah. Dan Quinn. Is staying with the Cowboys. Oh, interesting. When you Tom the jobs that you want. <laughs> right, right, right. He's in four teams that he's comfortable. That he's staying with the Cowboys. Okay. It's a good pivot play because if they get off to a slow start, he's the next head coach there. Mm, well, Kellen Moore. Mm, oh, they would give him the job over Kellen Moore. There's this guy who used no, no, to no, coach I'm talking the interim league. in season. Oh, they're that's not, they're not going to fire him and bring in Sean Payton midseason. No, no, but you you know who's going to be the next coach there. Well, if he gets them to the playoffs and they win a Super Bowl, which could certainly still happen if they fire Mike McCarthy, um, then yes, he would still be the head coach. You guys are talking about Sean Payton, obviously. Okay, and let's. I hear read- Sean Payton actually likes Miami more than Dallas. Let's. Who, um, yeah, but that job's open now. All right, let's read some questions here. Apple Podcast from Dolphizi, keeper question that could very well change in August. We are allowed to have one keeper next year from our current roster, and the keeper you select for 2022 excuse me, will be around ahead of where you took him in 2021. Yep. Okay. So good way to do it. Yeah. I think I think we already answered this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> this is not my fault. I swear. Shout it's not the, your fault. You send the notes. It's my you fault. Put I, the emails in. There. I should have read it uh, beforehand. Jonathan Taylor in the first round or Debo Samuel in the seventh round? No, Debo Samuel in the sixth round. We did answer this, yeah. Yep, we did. I don't remember what we said, though. We said Debo, right? Yep. I thought I said Taylor. You said Taylor. That's right. Okay, well, listen, I hope it was more helpful the first time. Let's read some emails. Who do you prefer for the next three seasons, Justin Fields or Trey Lance? This is from Joe. Oh, boy. Uh can we answer that once we find out who the offense coordinator is for Chicago? Well, we answer questions multiple times now, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say we, we can answer it now and again next week. I don't think Garoppolo staying in San Francisco after this year. I will take Trey Lance. 
All right. This is from Zach from an Olympic city north of Seattle. Vancouver. Dear Hawk, Stark, Kadarius, and Soprano. Those are Tonys. <laughs> they are. I'm floating CMC, Christian McCaffrey, out for trade in my 10-team Superflex PPR League. My other running backs are Derrick Henry, Javante Williams, Jeff Wilson, Devante Freeman, and Jordan Howard, and other trash, unplayable options. <laughs> okay, I am asking for Pittman, Sermon, Tony, 2022 first-round pick, uh, 105 and 2023 first round pick. Is that a good enough offer for McCaffrey? He's looking for a, for Pittman, Trey Sermon, Kadarius Tony, and a first round pick this year and next year. And that would be pick 105 this year. Yeah, if you can get that for McCaffrey, I think that that's the type of value to expect. Maybe a little bit more than what to expect. You might be getting a good deal there. That's a lot. Yeah. So. You know, McCaffrey's a polarizing player right now. Everybody that's had him on their fantasy team for the last two years is going to promise to never take him again. You know what the upside is. Chris Towers is going to bang the drum for McCaffrey for the next six months on why he should be the number one overall pick, and everybody can figure out why. But is is he going to come through? Is he going to be able to stay healthy and be effective for the next two or three seasons? And I don't think anybody can answer that confidently that he will. But I also don't think anybody can say, well, he's trash, he's done, it's over. And if you think that that is the case, if you're really going to rationalize that what we've seen over the last two years is a harbinger of things to come, you would take that deal without the picks. So just that you can get two interesting young receivers plus two first-round picks for McCaffrey, yeah, the more I sit here and think about it, the more I think that that's, you're ripping somebody off. If you get that same deal for Henry, though, you take it too. For sure. All right, this is from Brian. Startup Dynasty, half PPR, three receivers, two flex. Holding the startup draft soon. And, uh... What? Hello? Yeah, I'm so confused by this question. I'm ho- I'm holding the draft soon, and I'm using kickers as placeholders for the rookie draft. The first kicker gets drafted 101. The second- I see. So when you draft a kicker, that means that you're getting the 101 in the rookie draft. No, you're just using it's like what we do when we used to do those drafts. You're just using the kicker's name to replace. No, the, no, no. I don't think they're actually picking the rookies. I think they're picking like it, let's say it's ah. round three and there's nobody I really like. I draft a kicker and I'm the first one to take a kicker. I see. That's the one oh one pick. Oh, I make only draft. The next okay. kicker is the one oh two. The next kicker is one oh three. Gotcha. How would you quantify their value? When should I look at getting a top five rookie pick? That's really interesting. I don't know that I've done a startup. How would you do the draft now? What's that? Why were you doing the draft? Why would they do oh. the draft now? I don't know, but I've never done a startup dynasty draft with rookie picks like that are not, you know, that are not players. They usually do a separate rookie draft. This is basically putting the rookies in this draft pool. Okay, that's interesting. Um whew. Okay, when should the first when should they go off the board? The rookie I mean picks. round 2? <laughs> mm, this is a startup dynasty draft. Right. Is what, I mean, can you name the player that you would take? Can you name the rookie that you would take ahead? No, of? but I'd like to have that option potentially. He doesn't have to take the player. They don't have to take the player. 
Yeah, I'm not comfortable ready to answer this other than saying maybe like round four for now, just because Mar Chase and Najee Harris were the top two players going into the right. The, but we knew about guys. these guys. We knew about them. But it doesn't matter. They don't sure have to know does. about where they are. No, it doesn't. You're taking yeah. that play. Not, but who's the player? It, you well, know. Who are you leaving behind? That's a veteran. That's but, in but the that's, the, that's okay. What I'm getting at is. If you knew you're doing a rookie, uh, a startup draft now, Jamar Chase is the number one overall player in most dynasty leagues. Number one. If you have the opportunity to take that player, you'd be taking it first overall. Does that player exist? Is Potentially. there a receiver as good as Jamar Chase? Yeah, but when you have to make that decision. So let me ask you, like, round two. If, well, okay. So if you're choosing between pick 101 in a rookie draft or CD Lamb. Because this is, this is not last year. There are not going exactly. to be maybe we, any skill position players I, I in the top that. 10. I understand that. But again, you're, you're, you're trying to project out for at least three years. So if I get the chance to take somebody that might be great for the next three years, I'm going to pounce on that if I have an opportunity to, where I'm, not, I'm taking still a great player in round one, a great young player in round one that's going to be good for many, many years, hopefully. And then I'm going to take a chance on somebody. That's the earliest I would I would pull the triggers in round two. So what about CD Lamb? What about that example? I would take the one on one over CD Lamb. How about the one on one or Dalvin? CD Lamb is not making it to the back end of round two in a startup dynasty league. Shouldn't. Uh, how about how about uh, Dalvin Cook? I don't think Dalvin Cook makes it back that far either. But you know, Dalvin Cook is still probably a back end of the first round pick. Yeah, I know, but you're saying you. Okay, so you're take, you'll take Dalvin Cook before 101 in the rookie draft. Yes. So what about Christian McCaffrey? I would take the 101 over Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, I don't know if there's a player that I love enough to take ahead of Christian McCaffrey in this rookie in the rookie class of 2022. Don't hold me to it. There's going to be plenty of time between now and April. But for now, like there just isn't that big name. There were so many big name players that we already knew about this time last year. And this year, I just feel like, you know, a bunch of receivers are hurt. The quarterbacks are, they, they all have flaws. The running backs, there isn't like a dominant running back. There isn't a Najee. There isn't a Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know if I'm willing to say that. I think I might take McCaffrey and Lamb ahead of the 101. I think I'm going to fall in love with, uh, with, uh, uh, once I learn his name, the oh Garrett Wilson, uh, sure the, he's fun. Both of the wide receivers from Ohio State, I I really like a lot. But mm-hmm. good wide receiver draft, but none of them are currently projected to go in the top ten, at least of the CBS mock draft I'm looking at. Traylon Burks of Arkansas projected to go eleventh in our latest mock draft, but last year you had potentially three top ten wide receivers, three three top ten picks at wide receiver. Uh, Devontae Smith fell to eleventh. Um. Uh, Okay, and then uh, last question here is from Bill. I would like to know if it's possible that The Wedding Singer is the most underrated Adam Sandler movie. Otherwise, which one is it? Which one is? The most underrated? Yeah. So what, you'd say Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are probably the best top two? Yeah. And Wedding Singer would be right up there with them. Wedding Singer's outstanding. I don't think it's underrated at all. Yeah, I think Wedding Singer and Waterboy, what would be, that'd be. Those would be the next two. For the top five. I mean, what's the fifth one? Some people like Little Nick. Well, I'm not necessarily looking for the best. I'm looking for the most underrated. Yeah, now, but I, I'm saying me, like if it's a top five Adam Sandler movie, it can't be underrated. I guess so, but The Wedding Singer is really, really good. I mean, it's not just funny. It's very good. Yes. Very enjoyable. It might be underrated from that perspective. It's a great flick. What about Eight Crazy Nights? I've never seen it. 
Oh, you like it? It's good. I love it. Yeah, like we have a vote here for for Big Daddy. I don't think Big Daddy's underrated. I think Big Daddy is appropriately. That'd be the top five. There's your top five Adam Sandler movies. I really like, I mean, people hate this movie. So this is a polarizing one for me, but I really like Just Go With It uh, with Jennifer Jennifer Aniston. It's a good one. I think 50 First Dates is a good one too. 50 First Dates is okay. Yeah. Uh, To me, Just Go With It is the most underrated Adam Sandler movie. It's not a great movie, but it's not it's not Grown Ups. You know, it's good. It's definitely watchable. Uh, all right, fun fun stuff. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Dave and Jamie. Uh, good luck, everybody, in your DFS tournaments this weekend. Got me to say the word tournament. And uh, Dave, watch Taken tonight or tomorrow. We're sad. You got three days before football starts. Watch Taken. Report back. I'll do my best. Good luck. Bye.